0: How can you keep Satan from gaining the upper hand? Here's Pastor Xavier Reese with today's Simple Truths.
1: Satan has his methods and strategies to seek out the most vulnerable area of your life. He knows them. You should know them. He does this to keep us in fear, doubt, discouragement, depression, bitter, and not forgiving. We're to be a good student of Satan in the scriptures. And when Christians are ignorant of the Word of God, then they don't know when Satan's after them because they don't know God's
0: Word. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Sometimes the best games to watch are the ones in which the underdog has nothing to gain and nothing to lose. In fact, sometimes they play hardest just to spite their opponent. Well, when you think about it, Satan has nothing to gain or lose because his fate has already been predetermined by God. But that's not going to keep him from trying to cause as much chaos as he can, and often at your expense. So that makes today's Simple Truth message all the more important. Here's Pastor Xavier with a study titled, Satan, His Attacks and Warfare.
1: The devilness threefold attack. Okay? Mark down 1 John 2.16. Every man and woman is tempted in three basic areas of life. 1 John 2.16 says, The lust of the flesh is from within. The sinful nature that attempts to pervert and distort my physical drives, the body. The lust of the flesh first. Now, there is nothing wrong with our physical bodies in and of themselves. The sin comes through our sin nature and thought process that desires to obtain and possess what is not ones, such as ones, a woman who is not our wife or our husband, before or after marriage. That would be wrong. It begins with thoughts. Secondly, he says, the lust of the eyes is from outside. Notice that, okay? Lust of the flesh is from within. The lust of the eyes from without. That stirs up my emotions, desires to obtain what I see. This is the soul. The lust of the eye cultivates a longing through the intellect, which gets my emotions involved and weakens my will to surrender to do the wrong or to... Give myself to the wrong. It's a process. And so once you're emotionally tied, though your head says no, your emotion says, oh, but he's so cute. He did say he loves me. Thirdly, he says the pride of life. This is from within, again. That arrogance to be self-sufficient, boastful, self-willed, and self-centered in my spirit. They have all three areas here now. Pride lets Lucifer to rebel and corrupt one third of heaven's angels, as you know. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall, Proverbs 16 18 says. All of us have pride, even as Christians. We have to keep it under all the time. I have to deny myself. Substitute deny yourself, abase yourself. Don't be proudful. Now, let's think about this. Adam and Eve were tempted in the very same ways. Think of the conversation we went through. In Genesis 3 6, the woman saw the tree was good for food, appealing to what? Her body senses. The fruit was pleasant to the eyes, the appeal to the soul, her emotions. Genesis 3 6 again. The tree desirable to make one wise, the appeal to of the spirit to be as God, pride. Same areas. Now, Jesus, the conversation with Satan there, Jesus was tempted in these very same three areas also to show you the consistency. There in Luke 4 3 through 4, Jesus was tempted regarding the body when Satan tempted him to turn the stones into bread, the physical. Now, nothing wrong with food in and of itself, but to gorge yourself or to do something when God said no, then that would be wrong, okay? Jesus was also tempted regarding the soul when Satan offered him the kingdoms and the powers and the glory of the world in verse 5 and 8 of Luke 4 there. This is the intellect, the emotions, the will. You go, oh, man, that'd be nice. Oh, that'd be so good. I could rule and oh, and, and then I could just tell people what to do. Intellect emotion. Everybody look up to me. Everybody bow down to me. This probably traps more ministers than regular people. <laughs> I love to be thought of as reverend. Godly man. We don't learn. We're slow learners, aren't we? Jesus was tempted regarding the spirit. When Satan solicited him to cast himself from the pinnacle of the temple to tempt the Lord in verse 9 and 12 of Luke 4. All three areas. Now, Jesus was tempted in every area and level of temptation that man can ever and will ever be tempted yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15 tells us. You can't say Jesus, you don't understand what it is to be poor. What? They put him for his crib, a feeding trough for animals. His mother offered two turtle doves, the, 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 the offering of poverty at his dedication. But he doesn't understand the world I live in, you know. I, I owe a lot of taxes. Jesus said, anybody have a coin? Whose image is on this? <laughs> But I don't have anything. I, I, I don't own anything. Well, Jesus had to be buried in a borrowed tomb. No one can ever say to Jesus, You don't understand. You've never gone through what I have gone through. But uh, I'm lonely. And I don't mean to make fun of you if you are. But if you're lonely constantly, it's because you probably love yourself a little bit too much. And you may not be very friendly. Jesus doesn't understand. Everybody forsook him, even the Father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That means that Jesus experienced the full impact and power of evil in every kind of temptation, which no man will ever experience because he didn't give in to it. He experienced everything and anything you and I will ever go through or any person, and yet in a way that you and I will never experience. You know why? Because men and women always give in sooner or later. So we don't really experience the full impact of that attack. Only when you resist to the end do you know by experience the power of resisting to its fullest force. Not only did Jesus resist in these three areas, but Luke tells us in Luke 4 2 That he was being tempted for 40 days and then the three major ones came. So he was tempted for 40, and then these three came after the 40 days. Adam and Eve had only one temptation in Genesis 3. Mark tells us, Mark 1:13, Jesus was in the wilderness with beasts, animals. Adam and Eve were in the garden with tamed animals. <laughs> he had wild animals. In the fall. Matthew and Mark tells us that Jesus fasted 40 days and nights. Matthew 4.2, Luke 4.2. Adam and Eve did not. Satan departed for a season, it says, till a better opportune time, Luke 4.13. He'll be back. You can count on it. At a more opportune time. David says, oh, I worked so hard. God has blessed me. I need a little... R and R. I want to stay home. Let them go fight some battles. I think I'll go out on my balcony. Beautiful day today. Oh, whoa, what is that? <laughs> Had a more opportune time. Be careful of being alone. David and his ongoing willful disobedience to all the checks that were given to him. Move step by step to the final acts of adultery and murder. There's check after check after check to even the very last minute. Watch those checks. Don't ignore it. Run. And so the devil in his threefold attack teaches us one more simple lesson. Don't be ignorant to the three areas of attack. Understand them. Lastly, the devil... And three keys to spiritual warfare. There are more, I'll give you three. First of all, Ephesians six twelve. The warfare is intense hand-to-hand combat. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Spiritual warfare is not against flesh and blood, mark that well, though Satan will use flesh and blood to attack you spiritually, all right, your kids, your husband, (laughs) your wife, your employer, yourself. The word wrestle means wrestling a contest between two with each endeavoring to throw the other in which is decided when the victor is able to hold the opponent down with his hands upon his neck the greek wrestlers when they wrestle the loser while being held down had his eyes gouged out i think that's a great corollary second corinthians 4:4 says whose minds the god of this age satan has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the glory of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Satan goes around blinding people. So they can't open the heart to the gospel. Paul fought the good fight. He kept the faith, he tells us in the last will and testament in Second Timothy four seven. To the very end. What are you gonna do in life? You're gonna roll over when the difficult times come, or are you gonna put on your armor and fight? Very important. These forces vary in rank and authority, as you know. The subdivisions are in both good and bad angels. You find that in Ephesians here, verse twelve, and also in Ephesians one twenty and twenty one. Principalities, which means first ones, preeminent ones, leaders. Powers, meaning authorities and spirits, demons of Satan in the lower atmosphere that make up his kingdom. Uh, rulers of darkness refer to the world rulers of darkness, and nations are ruled by them often. We saw that in Daniel and other studies in uh, other scriptures. Wicked spirits, the spirit forces of perniciousness. So you might look at these, as we said before, as, as uh, privates, corporals, lance corporals, sergeants, staff sergeants, sergeant majors, whatever. Different ranks. Different orders. They stand on both sides because Satan only imitates what he's what he's known all the time in the kingdom of God. Now, secondly, notice Ephesians six eleven here. The warfare has a strategy. So remember first, the first key. The warfare is intense hand to hand combat. Okay, up close. Secondly, the warfare has a strategy. Eleven. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Satan has wiles. Methodia, which means cunning arts, deceit, craft, treachery. The word comes from the verb to follow up or to investigate. We get our word method from it. And you do this by methodical, set plans. Strategizes. He has his methods. Satan has his methods and strategies to seek out the most vulnerable area of your life. He knows them. You should know them. He certainly knows them. He does this to keep us in fear, doubt, discouragement, depression, despondency, keep us angry, resentful, bitter, and not forgiving. And so we're not to be ignorant to his devices in order that he not take advantage of us, 2 Corinthians 2, 11 says. We're to be a good student of Satan in the scriptures. So when he comes to us as an angel of light, we can tell who's talking to us, even though he has his angels costume on, because of what he says and what he's trying to do. He comes as an angel of light. Not as a hideous creature from hell with horns on him, he doesn't stick you with his pitchfork and say, Hey, know who I am? Hmm. Satan and his angels can transform themselves into angels of light. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 through 15. And when Christians are ignorant to the word of God, then they don't know when Satan's after them. Because they don't know God's word. Six times the word against appears in Ephesians in view of the constant opposition between verse 11 and 12. Six times against, 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 against. You get the point? It's hand to hand. It's a warfare of strategy. There's a second key. The third key. The warfare can be resisted and overcome. First, James 4 7. Jesus resisted and overcame Satan in the wilderness. We've seen this. Applying the very same advice that James gives to us. Here it is Submit to God, first. Second, resist the devil and he will flee. Then, third, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. If you just submit to God, but you don't resist the devil, it won't work. If you just resist the devil and don't draw nigh to God, it won't work. You've got to submit to God, resist the devil, and draw nigh an to God. It's a threefold step. Ephesians says, "Give no place literally a foothold to the devil." In Ephesians four twenty-seven, sometimes we help him trip us up. Sometimes we want him to trip us up so we have a lame excuse, and that's what it is—lame excuse. Jesus has provided us with the necessary weapons. They are spiritual. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, listen. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. They're spiritual. Here they are the armor in Ephesians 6 10 through 18. Your armor, make sure you put it on. It's itemized for you. There's a checklist there. Now, these are the same ones that Jesus used. You ready? Being filled with the Spirit of God. Prayer and the Word of God. You find those as we went over Luke chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. The counterbalances here in Ephesians. Jesus was praying at the baptism, right? And as he was baptized, as he was there praying, what happened? The Holy Spirit descended upon him. So he was praying, filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, and he overcame with the word of God. There's your three weapons. Here in Ephesians, you have the same thing. Verse 18, prayer. 6.10, finally, my brother, be strong in the power of his mind. Filling of the Spirit. So you have prayer, the filling of the Spirit, and in the armor is the word of God. There's the three weapons. So Jesus promised that he would never allow us to be tempted above our ability to endure, as we said before in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. So understanding the temptation of Jesus and how he be overcame, then that shows me that I have no excuse for failing. I can overcome. And we're not talking about perfection, but I can pass the test, you understand? Jesus doesn't give you any... Flash quizzes without preparation. When he allows them to come, you're able to pass it. He's not like our high school teachers. You're able to pass it. He is our merciful, faithful high priest. And we're to come to him that he might give us grace and help in time of need. Hebrews four fifteen and 16. We're to go to him. Judas Iscariot was destroyed by Satan because he exercised his will To not yield to Jesus, but to yield to Satan. John 13, 2 and Acts 1, 18. It was a choice. God did not predestine Judas Iscariot to be damned. If he did, then he's not a loving God, he's unjust, and he's unholy. That means that Judas Iscariot had to have exercised his will because God never violates anybody's will. Well, but it's prophesied. God knows the end from the beginning, he does not violate anybody's will. Everybody has a choice. The wisdom in the warfare is to have the Lord between you and the devil. You understand what I'm saying? Listen to Jude 8 and 9. He says, likewise also the dreamers, uh, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authorities, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him reviling accusation but said the Lord rebuke you oh that's so good remember we have mentioned some of the traditional church sayings that people use I bind you Satan and yet there's no scriptural command in context or example in scripture in the book of Acts or any other book that teaches us that we are to bind Satan ourselves and yet church formulas use that. Other church formulas, pleading the blood of Christ. Let's plead the blood of Christ. Now, I hope you understand that I, I thank God for the blood of Christ. It's the precious blood of Christ that I'm forgiven for. But nowhere in Scripture are we told to plead the blood of Christ for ourselves or our children. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin, 1 Peter 1.19 says. John 1, 19. But I'm never told to plead the blood of Christ. These are church traditions. The war is spiritual. And there's an ongoing battle in the angelic world. And it's constant. Stick to the scriptures. The Lord rebuke you. That's good. If Michael used that, it's good enough for me. Old Testament, and new, by the way. Angels are ministering spirits. Hebrews 1, to the earth's salvation, right? Angels are being used by God to protect us, to serve us. Daniel 5 gives us example and many, many others. So there are two worlds existing here tonight, good angels and bad angels. We can't see them. The angels of God, the good angels and Satan's angels, they see us all the time. They have no problem. We are ignorant, so ignorant sometimes of the angelic world that goes on, the spiritual world that goes on. So I need to remind myself. It's present, though I cannot see it. And so I need to be committed. Committed to the warfare that primarily is led by Satan and all his angels. One of the chicken had a conversation with the pig in the farmyard How they might um, help the farmer with breakfast. And the chicken, as you know, proceeded to say, well, you know, I'll provide the farmer with some eggs. And the pig was silent for a while. And the chicken asked him, you know, why why you silent? What's the problem? Uh, He said, well, um, you're providing the eggs. Um, You're involved. But um, my provision is bacon. That means I'm committed. (laughs) You're offering God eggs or bacon in the warfare? You got to be committed. Zechariah 3, 2. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a bram plug from the fire? The devil and the three keys to spiritual warfare teach us one final lesson. Don't forget the warfare is spiritual. Spiritual. And so here are the three important things regarding the attacks of Satan. The devil... And the three conversations, don't talk to him. Don't talk to Satan. The devil in his three full attack, don't be ignorant of these three areas which he will attack you in. And the devil in his three keys, the devil in the three important keys for the spiritual warfare. Don't forget, the warfare is spiritual. If you do this, you're going to be victorious.
0: And you'll please God. Pastor Xavier Reese and the essential ingredients necessary for standing strong against the attacks of Satan. To help you prepare for spiritual battle, we recommend you pick up a copy of this Simple Truth Bible Study, Satan, His Attacks and Warfare. In fact, we'll send you an unedited version that will also include what you heard the last time we were together. Now once again, ask for the title, Satan, His Attacks and Warfare. And request a copy on CD for just $4. Here's where to write simple truths 2200 east colorado boulevard pasadena california 91107 or to make your request by phone call 800-926-1485 again that's 800-926-1485 or the address once again is simple truths 2200 east colorado boulevard pasadena california 91107 and it's important that you mention the call letters of this station when you get in touch we use this information to help us track the effectiveness of this radio outreach. Then be sure and join us for the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reis, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California